Hi everyone, this is Chris McGowan, a.k.a. Chris McGoogs McGowan, a.k.a. Topher. Have I used Topher before? It blew people's minds when I told them that Topher Grace's name is Christopher, because he just used the back half instead of the front half. Anyway, I'm already off topic. This is it, and this is a first. I am recording this introduction before having watched episode 22 of season 1 of Pretty Little Liars. One, I wanted to capture this moment of innocence before I find out what happens. But also before we dive in, just a quick programming note, as I mentioned last episode, the panel will be a special bonus episode later, probably in December, because, folks, getting to 22 episodes of a podcast has been easier and harder than I thought. As you may or may not have noticed, episode 21 came out a day late because I'm kind of crawling across the finish line right now. I'm getting a little backed up in the queue, and it is Monday, November 15th as I'm recording this. It's going to be a tight deadline to get this out this week. So I think I'm going to take the rest of the year off and resume season two the first Friday of January, which is January 7th. So season two will begin then. It's a little bit of a break, and I hope no one's too heartbroken over that, but um, I think I need a little break. And like I said, to tide you over, I'm hoping to have my little panel, my season one in reflection panel sometime in December to kind of keep the feed alive and then barrel through 22 episodes again come the start of the year. I'll have a few banked, you know, I've watched a few and I can kind of pace out my work. That's just a peek behind the curtain. But yeah, I think that's the plan. So I'm so nervous. So without further ado, I'm going to stop this, watch episode, and then I'm going to record my thoughts. But you're going to hear the intro music starting now and then me slowly transition to talking about the season finale of season one of Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. So he can help you figure out who's a... For whom the bell tolls. I'll probably get into overall reactions later on. I will say this season finale was to me as if a show knew they were getting a season two. Which is to say, we don't get a whole lot of answers here. A little disappointed there. But a lot does happen. We have a very thorough previously on. And let me bring back my old jingle. The show gives us their very own A's list. A's harassing my friends. I want to know who it is. It's A's list. So the show just kind of runs down a whole list of our suspects for A. We have, strangely enough, Allison at the very top. Jenna, Ian, Melissa, we get a shot of Ezra and Jackie, which was a little confusing at the time. Um, I never really put Ezra in any sort of A group, but maybe he is. Lucas, Caleb, Toby, Garrett undercover. Then we had a little shot of the videos, which obviously the videos aren't A, but only notable person missing there was Noel Khan, which is interesting, as we'll see later. So we kind of pick up where we left off. We're kind of watching the videos with the four liars again. And what was glossed over, at least in my opinion, at the end of the previous episode is very thoroughly explored here the creep factor involved and i don't remember if we saw this video at the end episode 21 but we see this jenna and toby video in full and basically it's jenna and toby in an intimate moment she says something like we're not really related so this is fine and i've told my parents that you were doing this to me but it's i guess it's really been me or something along those lines so that's a video they all watch i don't know why they picked that one out but apparently that's the one that they were all watching together and they all finally say to each other, this is really sick. This is really creepy. All these videos of them, someone peeping in through the window. And there's uh, apparently just a lot of them. There's a ton of them. So that kind of creeps them out in, I think, the appropriate amount of ickiness. I think even, doesn't he, is Hannah say she's going to f- 
be sick, it's just really upsetting. And I agree. This is, you know, we were trying to guess, like, what would be a thing that would be upsetting enough to do something potentially violent to somebody. And I guess someone capable of, of doing these videos might be capable of protecting their life in whatever way they can. I don't know. There's a lot to unpack here as to who might be doing this and why. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's been Ian who has been, I guess, recording these videos. The question comes up to them when they're thinking about this is, why didn't Allison tell them about this? Why why not, her, as their friend, say, hey, Ian's been doing this, and I have the videos, as opposed to hiding a key in a snow globe for Emily to find someday? Good question. I don't know. These videos are bad. No doubt about it. For many of the liars, Jenna's at the top of their A-list. Clearly, Ian's up there with her. And they all decide, kind of as a group of the four of them, but they need to find out what Jenna knows. They think a source of huge piece of information that they're missing, and by proxy us, the viewers, is what Jenna knows. And I think it's Spencer that says, we finally have something Jenna wants. And I think it's also Spencer that says something that I'm not sure I knew, but that they're also afraid of Jenna. Now, Jenna has said in the past that she's actually afraid of them, so there's a weird kind of dynamic here where both sides kind of are afraid of each other. And so the decision is made. They're going to try to, I guess, talk to Jenna. Cut to the Montgomery's. Byron and Ella are chatting about, again, are they a couple? Are they not? Are they getting back together? And then there's a mixer that's going to be later, a faculty mixer that's going to be later on, I guess, tonight or in a few days, very soon. Aria comes downstairs and she has her phone, I guess, not in her room and she checks it. And there's a ton of texts from Ezra. And, and Mom's trying to talk to her about something. I think it has to do with, you know, the, the party and her and her, her and her dad and all that stuff. And finally, Arya blows up. Now, granted, Arya's starting to freak out because the text she's getting from Ezra is like, we need to talk. There's a cop here, etc. So she's like a little, obviously a little concerned. <laughs> and then, fairly or not, she projects that energy towards her mother, who's trying to have a conversation with her about something not as related. And, she's, and Arya says to her mom, you either love him or you don't, because it sucks for all of us. That's a paraphrase of what she says. Ella's kind of standing there like, I mean, she does feel bad, I think, in the moment. I don't know. I have a lot of sympathy for Ella in this situation, maybe more so than the show wants me to show Ella. Ella found out her husband was having an affair, and she's really trying to make it work, at least as a parental unit, knowing how hard this has been for the kids. And then what tends to happen, even as adults, you know, you're in a relationship, you break up, and then you remember the good things that connected you two. And I think that's what's happening with her and Byron. Like, she's remembering the, the passion or the, you know, sneaking around. Like, that's the fun stuff, right? And But she even says that to Byron an episode or two ago. She's like, well, we can't work through this. We're working around it. But they haven't really confronted the why. Why he why he had this affair on the side. And I think for the two of them, if there really is something there that they need to do that work. But I also understand Arya from a child point of view like this is just really tough you know mike's acting out being all grumpy and etc etc so i don't know it's it's a complicated situation but i do have empathy for ella's point of view here where if i'm going to get back with him am i saying this behavior is okay i'm still probably not dealing with the emotions i have about it cut to hannah ashley's house you can tell that ashley realizes hannah's going through this tough time with caleb and it sounds like hannah helped her mother get over well, Ashley's ex-husband, Hannah's dad. And it sounds like Ashley now wants to be that for her daughter. She wants to help her daughter through this 
uh, in whatever way she can. The letter comes up yet again. Ashley's like, well, Caleb was going to give you a letter to kind of say goodbye. And Hannah's like, well, I didn't get it. He must he must have chickened out or something. And Ashley's not entirely certain. So this letter is not going away. Cut to the Hastings household. Could not be more awkward yet again. Ian, Melissa, and Spencer all, and mom are all having this chat around the breakfast nook. Melissa's going to have the baby christened at the local church. And then Spencer makes a joke about, are you sure the thing is going to be born human? Melissa gets upset. Ian kind of rolls his eyes. And mom says, that was really mean. Oh, she said that was cruel. Sorry. And yeah, that was kind of a necessarily mean. Right to Melissa and Ian's face. You know, Spencer's upset that there's a murderer standing in her kitchen. I get it. And there's a lot of animosity between her and her sister. But yeah, that was a little mean. And even mom was like, that was cruel. So yeah, that happened. Cut to Emily's household. Uh, Samara emails Emily. Emily does a little bit of a laugh. Definitely. I think there's something here, everybody. I don't know whether something might be here. Pam comes into the doorway and she says, we need to talk for a second. Emily is fearful. This is like bad news about her dad. No, well, not quite. He is going to be stationed there for a little bit longer. And I guess the request has been put out for them too to move to Texas. And Pam says, well, this is what we need. You need to be, you need to belong with your family. You belong with your family, which is an interesting statement that Pam says to Emily. And I wonder if the, the show will explore this idea of birth family versus found family because right now it sounds like Pam and Emily are at a ceasefire, right? They are talking, but I don't think the some of the emotional bridges have been built yet. And to a degree, Emily is saying to her mother, uh, you know, I just, I'm starting to find my group here and now I'm going to be taken away from it. And I really don't want that. And Pam's like, well, tough shit. Cut to the school. Ezra finds Arya, and I even thought, oh, well, of course, Garrett undercover knows what's going on, question mark there, but he says the cop asked about Spencer and the trophy, not about Arya, but come on, everybody. Based on what we know later on, of course, Garrett understands what's going on here, but that's not what he told Ezra. So Ezra tells Arya that he put in his resignation because he got a job out of the school. He's going to be, I kind of missed the school name, I'm assuming it's the local college that, uh, Byron was asking about. He's going to be a professor, Professor Fitz. So Ezra says to Arya, well, that means we can be together. We can be together. Now, I was talking about a friend who I don't want to make any announcements yet because it's not confirmed, but uh, she might be doing a, uh, a guest spot in season two. And one of the things that she knows about this show is this particular relationship. And, and I said this to her, and I've said it before on this podcast. I do think the show... The show's point of view is that this this relationship is a good thing because in that moment there's a breath of relief between Ezra and Arya. Like, oh, we can the thing the thing that's been holding us back is the fact that you're a teacher in this school. Okay, so uh, Ezra tells her he's going to be at her house for the faculty mixer for some reason. The Montgomerys are hosting it. We have a nice little transition from one room to the hallway where Hannah and Mona are walking down. Lucas is clearly in the background. Uh, Hannah and Mona are talking about Caleb and Hannah asks Mona about the letter and I wrote in my notes Mona doesn't necessarily deny it Mona just kind of glosses over it and says um, you know well Caleb Caleb, basically Caleb sucks and then Hannah says this phrase I actually believed he loved me Mona walks away and uh, it's just Hannah and Lucas and Hannah says are you going to be mad at me forever and he says what did he say like yeah or something probably and he walks away Kind of a shitty interaction, yet again by Lucas. And then everyone's breath is taken away as Jenna walks down the hallway with her flute. And I run in my notes, I couldn't wait for that song. 
Um, do we do we not get this big show we promised? That, that's a bummer. I mean, we had the whole auditions, we had the rehearsal, general music for it. Um, and spoiler alert, we don't get the we don't get any show in this episode. But they follow her. They follow Jenna. And this confrontation happens right now. I wrote in my notes. Take a shot. I wrote in my notes. Showdown. Jenna versus the four liars. And they say, we want the truth. And Hannah says, with a straight face, can you handle that? <laughs> so here's our first big reveal of this episode. Allison did visit Jenna in the hospital shortly after the firecracker of doom. But it wasn't about this thing about Spencer or blaming Spencer. That was a lie. Jenna's honest here? Question mark. We have a flashback. Allison went to Jenna in the hospital and showed her the video, the video that we just saw of Jenna and Toby. And basically says, uh, the guy I liked likes to make movies, which we assume in the audience is Ian, although that's a costly thing to do in the show is to assume. But that's what Allison says. Toby's the victim. And basically, Allison's like, I'm going to keep your secret. And I forget what the, I don't know if we hear what the uh, offer here is, but basically it was, I'm going to keep your secret. We'll do something else here. I'm going to bury you if you come back to Rosewood. And the liars, the liars put together that the reason Jenna returns in the pilot is because, quote, Allison is gone. And so Jenna was safe to return to the city. And then liars say to Jenna, we're going to keep this in a safe place. Thank you for this information. I guess that's the deal here. You tell us what happened. We don't release this video. Uh, okay. And so that's how that interaction ends. Uh, we have a little regroup with the four liars. They suspect Ian. Allison says something to them about wait for it. So I, they think this is that's connected as, as well to this somehow. I don't know how exactly, but they do, they do think that. We cut to lunchtime. There's a quick chat about Emily's plan. Like, are you going to maybe crash at someone's house? Or what are you going to do? Because you're not. You can't leave the show. Spencer bought a prepaid phone. And everyone announced A tactics. So she has a prepaid phone, untraceable number. Here's the plan. They're going to contact Ian. They're going to demand cash for this video. They're going to get a confession on tape and then bring everything to the police. They're going to bring the video, uh, the confession, all their evidence to the, to the cops, right? Spencer does the text. I have Allie's video is all she sends. And the number for those out there keeping track, 717-555-0143. I did say to myself, this could mean anything. I have Allie's video is pretty vague, but... They all watch Ian, who is, he seems like he is 10 feet away, but he's across the cafeteria. They see him look, his, look at his phone and run off. Uh, reply comes in. What do you want is his response. Spencer kind of freezes, and then Hannah grabs the phone. Bring 10K to Willow Park, 9 p.m., come alone. Uh, things are tense, and then Mona breaks it up. She comes over and says, let's all love on Hannah. And she sits down. One by one, everyone gets up to leave, which is uh, pretty astounding. Hannah, I guess, left her phone. Hannah keeps leaving her phone around. This is what I was saying last episode. Don't leave your phone around, especially when Mona's around, because her phone rings. Mona grabs Hannah's phone, and it's Caleb. And Mona says, Caleb, I'm glad you called. I gave her your letter, and she threw it in the trash. We do a uh, commercial break, because there was like a fade to black and back up. So basically, she's on the phone, yeah, with, with Caleb. And then she hangs up. Lucas overheard the entire conversation, and he, and he confronts Mona. And Mona says, don't say anything, Lucas. I can make you appealing to Hannah. Like, that's her deal with Lucas to not, for him not to say anything, is uh, she can help him get Hannah. <sighs> Things just start to get worse from here. We see Jenna calling somebody. Guess who? Ian. Jenna says to Ian, they have the video and have seen it. Ian's reply is, I'll take care of it. Wow. 
Cut to Emily's house. Outside, Emily is parking her brand-new Toyota Corolla, and Garrett, undercover, comes... I don't know if you remember, but Garrett said he lived on her block. Apparently, he's home visiting. Right, right. Like, I believe anything this person says anymore. And he says again to Emily this time, he's on their side, and he gives Emily his phone number. Then he invites her over to some party at his house, his family's house, and she's like, nah, it's okay. And then Garrett walks away. Uh, Hannah's on Emily's stoop, and she's obviously very upset. A little bit of uh, heartbreak going on here. We find out that Lucas gave Emily Hannah's phone back, so Emily gives Hannah her phone. And we get a little bit of info that Pam is already packing. And they're talking about the reality of Emily going to Texas. So I guess this is Emily's last episode on the show. Cut to Spencer and Toby. Spencer's like studying and Toby is reading a book. Dharma Bums. Dharma Bums is the book that he's reading. And then Toby like turns a chair and like they sit in a chair in this, I guess, supposed to be a romantic way. But I don't know. It's a little, it's a little awkward. Cut to Jenna. Jenna's talking to somebody. Guess who she's talking to? Garrett undercover. And she's like, we can't let this get out or we can't let this happen. And Garrett's like, I won't let this happen. And then they smooch. Is this the first time in the show? I think this is the first time in the show I call this a surprise smooch. So Garrett, who again is what? 1920? Uh, making out with a high school student. This is this show, I tell you. Oh boy. Well, here we go. Cut to the faculty mixer. Um, we have a lot of smiles. Oh, yeah, like uh, Ezra's there, and he's giving little grins to Arya. These two, really, really not good sneaky, sneaky, sneaky blues. Door rings. Guess who's at the door? Jackie Molina. Well, howdy doody. I got to say, Arya, not a good liar. Like She totally is super mean to this person whom Jackie's like, I go, I'm a professor. I'm going to this mixer. Why is this person? Why is this high school student yelling at me in the doorway? Uh, but she says to Arya, I teach at Hollis. This isn't, isn't this the faculty mixer? Arya doesn't even say anything. She just runs away from the door. <laughs> and we find out later, Jackie just stands in the doorway for who knows how long. But we'll, we'll come back to that. Come back to Spencer's? And here, already, already I got super nervous about this. Super nervous. She gets a text. I, Ian didn't show up for church. I need a ride to Melissa. So Spencer's like, I gotta go. And Toby's like, um, he's going to keep Jenna busy tonight for their plan. Spencer needs a safe place to land. Well, Toby will catch her, I guess. But he also says, I'll be there if you need any help. You know, you need me, I'll come flying to action. Cut back to the Montgomery household. Again, I don't know how much time has passed, but Jackie is still standing in the doorway super awkwardly. Arya's all the way up in her room. Ezra, for some reason, comes in. Arya's upset, and she says, not telling me about Jackie is a lie? And storms out. So she's mad that he didn't know that Jackie was teaching at the college. I guess he's going to be teaching at. And Arya's really mad about that. And then is this might be now or might be later, but Ezra goes back downstairs and he sees Jackie in the doorway. And he's like, oh, and Jackie is still standing there. I think Jackie Molina stands on that doorstop, stands out in the doorway probably for a half hour, just standing there. Because uh, she's, she's a vampire and you can't be admitted in until someone invites you in. Hannah's sad and she deletes Caleb's phone number. And then we get this really strange scene I don't even know if I understand what's happening here. Lucas is driving Caleb where? So the uh, the Founder's Day thing was right a day or two ago. And I guess we would assume that Caleb got off the bus and Lucas came and got him and is driving him back. And uh, Caleb's like, why did you do this, Lucas? And Lucas is like, because Hannah deserves to be happy. And in the moment, I was like, I think the show is trying to get me to say like, oh, Lucas has come around. <sighs> I don't know. 
So, yeah, so Spencer's driving Melissa, and I was like, is Melissa setting her up? Like, it'd be so bad if that's what she's doing. A little bit weirder, a little bit unclear as to what happens here, but they get hit by a car pretty violently. I think on Melissa's side of the car, too. I think she, they're hit from the passenger side. So they're sideswiped, and all we see is a horrible crash. Clearly, this is intentional. Who did it? I don't know, but it's done. So Arya, Emily, and Hannah are waiting in the woods, waiting for Spencer, who has all the stuff they need, but I guess all three of them are there. I'm not quite sure why they decided just to be there openly and confronting Ian. Yeah, so they're waiting for Spencer, and then she's not showing up, and they can't get a hold of her, which we know why. Cut to the hospital. It's really upsetting. Melissa's okay, but the baby, we don't know. And, they keep, and we see a few shots of Melissa's face, and I can't quite tell what's going on there. Obviously, this is a very serious situation, and I would never accuse of Melissa being in on this plan. Even if she was, I don't think she expected this. Uh, of all the things I think of any character, I don't think that she would be that callous to not care about her baby's safety. So if she did agree to this, I don't think she would have agreed to this level of it. Uh, but they kept showing her face like like as if she was trying to overhear. But I was like, no, I, I, Chris, you're being way too callous. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's it's very serious. Spencer's obviously extremely upset too. Uh, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. And we find out later what's going on. And then all three of them get a text. Aria, Emily, and Hannah. Buckle up, bitches. Nothing is as it seems, dash A. So clearly A is aware of this plan, whomever A is. And something about Melissa left something. Melissa left her phone at the church. Now, because of what happens, I can only assume Melissa knew that this was what was going to happen. Melissa had to have known because she left her phone there. And when Spencer goes there, I'm jumping a bit ahead, Ian's waiting for her to confront her. So do you think Ian told Melissa, look, I will... I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't even... Yeah, I feel like a terrible person for even trying to guess what their plan was. Because there's no way either of them come out looking like innocent people or good human beings. So I'm going to refrain from trying to guess what their plan was. But Melissa has to been in on it to some degree. Anyway, she's going to go to the uh, church to get Melissa's phone for her because she doesn't know what else to do. Um, finally, Spencer's able to call uh, the liars. And I was like, where were you? Garrett undercover shows up, and I guess Emily called Garrett, saying, hey, we need some backup, and he has a gun on him. And they're all kind of getting a weird vibe from Garrett, which is uh, appropriate. They go to, we cut to church, which I think is the church Toby was hiding out of, right? There probably is only one church in town anyway. Ian's going to be there, obviously, right? Uh, we cut back to the, uh, the drop-off, the car pulls up, Garrett says, everyone go hide. Uh, the three liars run to a bush. Garrett's like, hey, who are you? And this guy comes out. Is it Ian? Is it Ian? No, it's not Ian. Who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck is this Come back guy? to the church. Uh, Spencer is like slowly walking around looking for a phone. She bends down. Door slams. Spencer uh, reaches for a phone that's uh, apparently Melissa's that's ringing or something. She gets up and guess what? Ian's there. He's like, what the? He's like, surprise. Cut back to the meeting place. The person's name is Logan Reed. Someone bought his services online to pick up some package and drop off some cash. Cut back to the church. Ian calls the burner phone in Spencer's bag, and so he knows. I mean, he does it. He already knows. I don't know why he did that. It's more for show, I guess. Ian says, maybe one of the creepiest things he's, he has said, Melissa would want me to take care of this. Okay. So Spencer's like, 
Go catch it. She throws the USB, which I'm assuming is a fake USB, but or they made a copy. I would assume so, but she throws it, runs away. Ian, for a second, goes to grab the USB. So she has a moment to start running up a bell tower staircase. Spencer calls Emily. This is really tense. I'm not selling it. This is extremely tense. Whole chase sequence happening here. Spencer calls Emily's phone. Uh, the three liars are in the car on the way to the hospital because they they, they they assume Spencer's there or going there. Ian grabs Spencer. A whole a whole thing is happening, a whole struggle, and he's like, I'm going to throw you over and I guess kill you. And Emily picks up the phone and they're hearing the fight and the three liars determine that she's at the church. So they're like, er, turn around, make their way there. And then in the middle of the struggle, we get a little bit of information from Ian. Ian says, Allison hit her head and never woke up. <laughs> Somehow in this struggle, Spencer says she died from suffocation. So, I mean, we get a little we get a little evidence out here. Spencer is on the brink of being pushed down this shaft, uh, this tower, and a hooded figure runs in. And Ian looks up and says, what are you doing here? Uh, this person throws Ian over the balcony's edge, and uh, they run away. This hooded figure runs away. Spencer gets back up. Three liars arrive, and they all run upstairs. Spencer's safe. Very upset, but, but safe-ish. This is very important, this next sequence of events. They look down, and they see Ian caught in which are a bunch of ropes, okay? And he looks like he's somehow hung himself. I remember at the time thinking to myself, how in the hell did that happen? Okay. Spencer tells him someone in a black hoodie ran by and saved her. And she says, Ian killed Allison. That's the words that she uses. They come out of the church, which is kind of funny because this happens literally twice in a row. They come out of the church for that slow motion, kind of like, uh, relief. And then our cop friend, who we've seen off and on throughout the season, goes, hey, quit lying to me. There's no one in here. And they're like, what? They go into the bell tower room again. The body's gone. There is no Ian there. So Ian is clearly uh, Jason from Friday the 13th, has some sort of immunity powers. I mean, what, what, what else can we assume happened here? And then, much like the scene we saw in the glamping episode, who do we see run into the crowd to look at the police activity then? Noel Kahn. Noel Kahn is in the crowd. Is he the hoodie boy? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense if he is, but he's standing there. They come out. <laughs> four liars come out a second time this time. Same kind of pose, all holding each other's hands. We have that little crane shot like we got from the pilot kind of pulling back on them, which is funny because I believe that is where the services were held for Allison's memorial. Nice little opening and closing shot there, uh, creators of the show. And that's all we get. We don't even get a post-credit sequence. That's it. Yeah, A text and says this is not over. Yeah, this show doesn't really review the uh, episode, so that's not what I'm going to do here. I will say, though, I have zero clarity on anything, <laughs> on anything at all. I don't have any more information than I did last episode. Everything that was revealed was stuff that we already as viewers knew. And if anything, we have more questions, which, of course, this is a show that runs for seven seasons. So that makes sense. But it only reinforces my theories that there is more than one faction that uses this A moniker. You know, I guess we'll say the one thing is clear. We now know what Ian's stake in all this is. Or I should say what Jenna's stake in all this is, because I'm still there's still no evidence that Ian was the one that did the recording or anything or that. That's that's the liar's assumption, and that's what the show is trying to tell us is responsible. But all we know for sure is that Jenna video is what she's concerned about, and, she, and, and she's romancing Garrett, somehow connected to Ian, which then explains how 
Ian hands her a bag. So we get that connection. Somehow Melissa and Ian were involved in this crash that Spencer was involved in. I do think Melissa knew at least part of this plan, maybe not the whole plan. And I think if somehow the health of her child is affected by this, that might see her turn on Ian. So who knows how long Ian will be on this show. Well, I guess he was, quote, killed. But um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Luke is kind of doing something. I'm not I'm unclear what he's doing, helping Caleb come back to the, the town. And Ari's just kind of mad at Ezra. So, yeah, so everything I thought that was going to happen at the end of the season, including the big production, didn't happen. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I was expecting a bigger finale. I guess maybe shows in our modern age prepare for being canceled at the end of their first season more so. And so we get a little more closure, or at least one loop tied. Like even Veronica Mars ties up an investigation at the end of their first season. Here, we don't really get much of anything. A little disappointing, I'll be honest, but uh, we we soldier on. So starting, like I said, in January, we're going to get a new uh, season of episodes from me. It'll be, uh, what does I say, January 7th. January 7th will be the next episode of Chris Watch's PLL. We'll jump right into season two and, um, you know, see where this story leads us. Do I sound a little disappointed? I don't mean to sound too disappointed. I guess I was just hoping to get something, some sort of closure I guess, I guess all we can say wrapping up this first season is Ian's out of the picture. Like, I can't imagine him being able to come back to school as an employee. You know, if he faked his death or he really is dead, either way, he's, he's gone. Doesn't really help Spencer, though. Where's this USB drive with the, fo- with the video for Jenna? We don't know. What does this do with Garrett? And why are they together? I don't know. What's Noel Khan doing there? I don't know. What's the hooded figure doing? I don't know. Why would Ian pretend to hang himself or be dead and then run away? Or did the Pud figure help him? Uh, we don't know. We don't know anything. <laughs> uh, maybe my panel can help me out. I don't know. So we'll figure this out. Enjoy your holiday season, however you enjoy them. And we'll keep watching the show together. I've said enough. See you in 2022.